There'll be food and drink and ghosts and perhaps even a few murders. You're all invited. You're all invited. The box. You opened it. We came. Welcome to Slumber Party Monsters. Today we've got Heath with us, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Yeah, I'm Heath Lambert. I'm the host of uh, That's So Random, a random movie podcast, uh, which you have been on before and will surely be on again. And uh, yeah, not entirely only horror movies, but lots and lots of horror movies because my movies are chosen at random, so I don't get any say in the matter, but lots and lots of horror movies still. So within your wheelhouse... Yeah, I really enjoyed being on your show. So it was a lot of fun. <laughs> we, we try to have a we try to have a good time. But yeah, and uh, today's episode, we're going to be talking about it's a wonderful knife, which is available on Shudder right now. I quite enjoyed it. I did too. It's got some third act problems, but it's uh yeah. I, I mean, it's definitely a movie that started title first. Like they came up with the title and they went, okay, now what's the movie that goes with that? Like because it's a great, great title, but. You know, it's in that line of there's this streak lately of take a classic movie, add a slasher to it. You had Happy Death Day, which is this Groundhog Day. You had Freaky, which is this Freaky Friday. You had I haven't seen it yet, but I hear that that totally killer is basically back to the future with a slasher. In it. Yeah, I haven't watched it, but yeah, my understanding. So this is just it's a wonderful life. If you couldn't guess with a slasher in it, I'm not I'm not tired of it yet. I could do a couple more if they're if they're decent. I think we will reach a breaking point where it's like, okay, enough. <laughs> but for now, I'm, I'm all along for the ride still. Yeah, I'm curious about what the next one's going to be in terms of, like, turn a classic film into, like, a horror setting. I feel like there have already been a couple horror kind of Wizard of Oz redoings. That's the first classic that came to mind. I don't know. I don't know. I'll say the sequel to that was pretty horrific. That's childhood nightmare fuel for sure, yeah. Yeah, just... Yeah, some of those characters, you look at them and it's kind of like, we thought those that was suitable for children. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I don't mind I don't mind a high concept slasher. There's plenty of just regular old slashers where the you know, there's not a not much story and I'm looking at you, Terrifier. God. <laughs> so, you know. There's plenty of uh you know, there's plenty of those if that's what you want. If you want something a little different, mm. you know, we got it. For it's a wonderful wonderful knife i keep on saying it's a wonderful life and it's really annoying i haven't actually seen that film i actually wound up doing because every 25 episodes of my show i do a full-length commentary and i really lucked out my first one episode 25 was it's a wonderful life that i got randomly so not only have i seen it a bunch i've actually done an episode of my show on it's a wonderful life so this is kind of a cool this is like full circle Mm. for me yeah i've never seen the original one i've never I've seen like TV show ideas with that particular concept, but never seen the film. It's good. I mean, there's, there's a lot of classics that don't hold up, and you're like, what? 
I was, I guess this was the classic because there was nothing else to do in 1940 or whatever, you know, but um, no, it holds up pretty good. It's, it's a, it's a good movie. I do need to watch it at some point, but yes, uh, onto the film at hand. Uh, it's a wonderful knife. Uh, the setting is where quite a few horror films are set in the United States of America. So with a lot of, uh, alien films for some reason as well, which I, I still don't understand, but oh well. Um, yes, It's a Wonderful Knife. You are following the main character called Winnie, who is applying to college for a photography course. She, um, The local mayor is trying to buy out a lot of local places to make a giant shopping mall. And unfortunately, there's one building that's in the way, which is a historical building, and the homeowner does not want to set it up. So, for this setting, a lot of the the main character is best friends with the granddaughter who owns the house. Unfortunately, um, yeah, sadly, the, the homeowner dies, the granddaughter dies, Quite horrifically, actually, and when he witnesses her best friend being slain, then when he kills off the murderer, finds out it's actually the mayor. One year later, people are acting like it's uh, like it never happened, like trying to like just shove it out the door, essentially, just pretend like it never existed, that life is better as it is now. Which is pretty tragic for Winnie, given that really she could have done with a lot of therapy and so could her family members and yeah yeah just hiding stuff like that is not good like the pressing that knowing that you're best, well watching your best friend die in front of you and, and finding out the person that was actually looking after your town was actually trying to destroy it from within it's like great and um she wishes that she hadn't been born and she gets transported to another universe where she realises what would happen if she hadn't existed and how tragic the outcome would have been. Yeah, a lot winds up pinning on her <laughs> her existence. Really, really fucks this town over. Yeah. One time, you know, because one person is very important. Surprising how much that one sperm could do a lot of, <laughs> could help with a lot of things in that situation. But yeah, it's got a lot of... Uh, well, and that's the moral, is that everyone matters, you know? A good moral. Yeah. Uh, it's directed by the guy who directed Tragedy Girls and Patchwork, and one of the good Hulu Into the Dark movies, Good Boy, the one with Judy Greer. But he's done some stuff that I like before. Tragedy Girls is really good. Never heard of Tragedy Girls, but I have heard of Patchwork, which I have been wanting to watch. I should try to find somewhere where I can watch it in the UK. And it's written by the guy who wrote Freaky. So he's, he's found his niche. You know, I can kind of see why. I can, I can see similarities. Yeah. <laughs> I think I like I like this one better than Freaky. Probably. Freaky, I thought was okay. It didn't didn't really blow my hair back as much as like Happy Happy Death Day was a nice surprise. I went into that thinking it was going to be the dumbest thing, and it was really fun and enjoyable. Um, then I'd probably go this one, and then yeah, I'd probably put Freaky last. That one didn't. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't love that one, but this one's fun. Yeah, it's got good humor in it. Good gore. Uh, characters are actually likable that you actually give a shit about, and a bad guy that you that you know who the bad guy is straight away. But at the same time, you're like, I just want to punch him in the face. He's so, he's just got that that look. No one in this town knows me. 
Who are you? Dad. You weren't around to stop him, so he just kept going. He likes killing. I'm here now. Let's have some fun. Well, it's Justin Long, a horror movie MVP, every time he shows up and stuff, uh, who is made up. He looks like, I don't, <laughs> he's got these big fake teeth and like light contact. He looks like Martin Short playing Donald Trump. If that makes sense. <laughs> Weirdly, it does. <laughs> Just so. so <laughs> yeah, he, he's very, he's really, he's really swinging for the fences. Goes along in this one, and it's, it's pretty fun to see. And yeah, what was your sort of take on the whole film? So yeah, people should know by now, there will be spoilers throughout this episode, so have fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think the killer's, like the killer's look is cool. He's sort of supposed to look like a Christmas angel. I mean, I don't know about wearing white to a mass murder. That seems like because the first string of killings before she sort of goes to the other universe, he has he gets zero blood on him, and I'm like, I don't know about that on this bright white suit. But the mask is like this featureless white. He's just cool looking. He almost looks like Moon Knight or something. Like he's pretty cool, but yeah, he does get plenty of blood on him later. But it's also a very, very gay film in a pretty delightful way. Not in a way that like punches you in the face, but like just it probably sounds infantilizing to say it's it's very cute in its gayness. But it's I don't know. I found it I found it charming in its in its gayness. I don't know. I liked it too. It was nice that really like when his brother is like gay, but no one gives a shit. It was just nice that everyone would just kind of like yeah, he's got a boyfriend. What's this? Yeah, and he's a jock. <laughs> it's nice to see a gay jock, you know. <laughs> and her aunt is married to a woman as well, played by uh, Catherine Isabel from Ginger Snaps. Oh, so happy when I saw on screen. I was like, oh my god! <laughs> All right, so good. And then Winnie winds up being, at the very least, bisexual by the end because she has a boyfriend to start with, and then winds up falling for. Bernie the weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was really cute. I was like, oh. As soon as I said that, there is a stereotype in a lot of like queer films and TV shows that we tend to be a bit more artsy fartsy. So when they said that when he's the photographer and Bernie's more of a, like, makes her own outfits, I was like, are they? A little bit. <laughs> So you're asking for more unskilled lesbians in film, is what you're asking. It's like a bit different, really. Yeah, because it's like, oh, God, you're either just, like, bashed over the head with how gay someone is, or you're, like, someone's, like, a photographer, which is, like, a really big thing in a lot of, like, gay TV shows and films. Like, for some reason, photography, we seem to, like, latch on to. But yeah, it's 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 just I find it funny whenever I see it in a TV show. As soon as I see a woman like get a camera, I'm like, is she gonna end up being gay? <laughs> I mean, I was unaware of the, the the gay lesbian trope or the lesbian photographer trope. I'll keep an eye out for that from now on. Oh, it's ridiculous! Like, as soon as you see it, you can't unsee it. And it's like, oh, it's everywhere. <laughs> but yeah, the killer—they call him the angel. He shows up, kind of his first his first attack is at this Christmas party. Yeah, he kills Winnie's best friend, 
Is it Clara? Kara? I thought it was Nova, Adam. That could be. Uh, and also killed, yeah, kills the old man who owns the house, who's who is somebody recognizable, and now I'm drawing a blank, and I didn't ah. write down who it was in my notes. It was uh, one of the main bad guys from the X-Files TV series. Oh, it was the cigarette smoking yes. man. Yes. Cancer man. That's who it was. Um, yeah, it kills him and is going to kill Winnie's brother, but she saves him and electrocutes. I thought it was what I thought it was going to be because I was picturing it, it would be cool. Was, so she fried him with the electricity and he, there's smokes coming off of him and stuff. I thought it would be cool if the mystery. Because there's no mystery to the movie. You know immediately, oh, it's just Long, the mayor, is the killer. And here's why he's doing it. And, you know, <laughs> there's no mystery to it. But I thought it would be cool if when she takes his mask off to see who it is, if because she fried him, the, ma- the face, like, when she takes the mask off, it kind of peels his face off. So you can't tell who it is. So it's still a little bit of mystery of like, oh, who was it? I can't tell because his face melted Oh, yeah, off. kind of like if um, almost like a plastic melting on your face and combining with your skin sort of thing. Yeah. So when she takes it off, she just his face his face just comes off with the mask. So she there's still some mystery as to who. I I mean I guess the police would figure it out in the year following. So yeah. never mind. I just it was just a cool visual I was expecting, and then it didn't happen. I did like the costume. I thought it was um I can imagine people cosplaying at that as that the yeah, as the angel for sure. But it did kind of remind me of like like you said like Moon Knight. But at the same time, it reminded me of like um. Ghostface as well, because their costume was originally meant to be all white. Yeah, it's like the negative, it's like the reverse <laughs> color scheme of kind of, if you had a black face with white, yeah. Yeah. Like Midnight and Ghostface had a baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Winnie's dad is played by Joel McHale from Community and a number of, I'm realizing a number, he's actually been in a number of horror movies over the last couple of years, which is interesting. Mm. Oh, Deliver Us From Evil. He's in that. Oh, God. That was, um... Oh, was that the one where it was the uh, detective and people are doing really odd crimes? Yeah. It was Eric Bana and Olivia Munn. It was a Scott Derrickson. I think it was the one he did after Sinister and before The Black Phone. Hmm. Someone he did... Or after Doctor Strange, probably? I don't know. Anyway. I'm getting off. I'm getting us off track. Oh, it always happens on this podcast. There's always that because a lot of um, guests tend to be and myself are neurodivergent. So it's kind of like as soon as what you talk about one minor thing, it just goes off track like spaghetti junction. <laughs> well, I'm not neurodivergent, but I do have just a head full of useless knowledge and trivia about movies and shit. So I got to dump it on somebody. And I guess today that's. Well, hey. <laughs> but yeah, then my. She she wishes not even kind of wish, but it's like instead of because it's a wonderful life is more sort of I don't want to say it's religion based, but it's like an angel comes down to save because God wants to show George Bailey that like no the world's better off with you in it and here's why and this takes the sort of the religion aspect out of it and it's just it's the Northern Lights which play then come back again in the third act in ways that I don't really understand but. We'll get to that. The lights are so pretty. This is perfect. What did you eat? Somebody! Somebody, please help me! 
after the years gone by, her family's like, God, just can you just like, can you just move on? I know you saw your best friend murdered and you had to like kill a guy, but like life's pretty good for the rest of us. Can't you just get over it? <laughs> She's like, uh, no, I'm horribly traumatized and no one is paying attention to that. Like her brother gets a new truck and she gets, a, <laughs> she called it the pink lesbian tracksuit. Oh, like, that thing was hideous. Like, why, <laughs> why do you think I want this? Like, why is... So, yeah, she's pretty self-pitying. Oh, and then she also finds out that her boyfriend is fucking around on her with another friend of hers, and that it's been going on for quite a while, and she's just now finding out Mm -hmm. about it. Yeah, so she's not not actually, like, suicidal, necessarily, but she's definitely... Yeah, not in a good headspace. (laughs) No, like, would it even matter if I was... Would anybody even notice I wasn't born? I never should. I wish I was in. And the Northern Lights hear her and make it happen. And she wakes up in, yeah, an alternate universe where she does not exist. She wasn't there to save her brother and that, or kill the killer. And so that has sort of spiraled, that has spiraled way out of control to where her mom is just a drunk who's like forced an open marriage on her husband that he's not partaking in, but she is. She just has boyfriends sitting around the house. Make it out with them and full view of everyone. Uh, her aunt's wife got killed. A bunch of people have gotten killed. The town has turned into. When she was at the party earlier, there's people who were like, hey, weed gummies? Do you want weed gummies? That's like as bad as it gets. And now they've downgraded to like, you go to the house party and everyone is like smoking meth. <laughs> like, it's bad. Yeah, the guy from like playing like cats to weed gummy and the other person in the weird neighbor's mouth to. Yeah, pass the crack pipe. <laughs> and everything in town has been bought up by Mayor What's His Face, Justin Long. Her father and brother in the old universe had started, in the mayor's absence, had started a, or at least were flourishing in a like real estate business that was going really good for them. Now that's all gone because the mayor's bought everything up. Her dad works for the mayor. Well, everybody works for the mayor because he like owns the whole town, and he put in his big luxury. What a like real, real Biff Tannen shit. Like he really put in like a big hotel casino thing with his face all over it and stuff. So, but the town around it is dying. And there's been the mayor's dumb brother is, has been promoted to like, is just suddenly the sheriff. He wasn't even a cop before, I don't think, but he's just like, you're the sheriff now. Nepotism. And he, sort of runs into her and nobody knows who she's like, who Lero, who are you? She's like, I know you. How did how did you become sheriff? And he says that this is the twenty seventh or twenty eighth um murder that's happened. So the murder spree has continued in her absence because she wasn't there to stop it. I find it strange how Blase, they the police force kind of reacted to like, there being another killing, and it's just kind of like, oh yeah, this is like the twenty eighth and like the last twelve months, like there's there's one every couple of weeks. They make it sound like it's some sort of like minor minor inconvenience by that point. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the sillier kind of. I mean, it's magical realism to start with, so you kind of have to just go with it, and it goes a little too far at the end. For me, but like, there's been 28 murders in the last year in this town. The FBI, the FBI is rolling into your town, whether you like it or not. Like, 
you don't get a say in them. <laughs> you know, the FBI would be here trying to figure this out. So the yeah, the fact that it's just like yeah, this just happens. Like it sucks, but there's a killer who runs around town and he kills people. It's like it's a small. T- it is what it is. It's a small town, and about about ten percent of it's been murdered in twelve months. I think we need to look into this. <laughs> but of course, it's anybody who owned a business that the mayor wanted to buy. It's you know you can. It wouldn't be a hard case for the FBI to crack if they did show up. I mean, it's pretty... He's not covering his tracks terribly well, but... Yeah, so she sees it. They have sort of a little face-to-face where she sees that he is still alive. She runs home. Finds out her parents don't know who she is. Her mom's a mess. Their aunt just lives there now. I don't know why, but... I guess they came together because her wife died, too. So, um, yeah, and her dad just kind of sits in his room, <laughs> like, or sits in his son's murdered son's room and doesn't, he just ignores what's going on downstairs. So everything's bad. She needs to figure out how to fix it. I love the fact that in the, um, in the original universe and, and the, uh, wasn't born universe, Bernie is exactly the same in both and it's literally like she's known as weirdo because well she's seen as like the outcast in, in that town but in both universes like it's socially awkward but in a somewhat charming way not in like a oh god don't associate with that person kind of way but it's the fact that really Winnie literally like gravitates towards her straight away in the other universe by saying when she says, oh, Bernie, and uh, Bernie literally looks at her and goes, hi, and just doesn't question who, how this rando knows who, who she is. Well, you can tell, I mean, everybody in the school just, yeah, everybody just calls her weirdo to her face. And Winnie is maybe the one person who's like, don't do that. I'm just going to, you know, I'm not hanging out with her necessarily, but her name's Bernie. I'm going to call her Bernie. And Bernie clearly from the beginning and both or in the universe where Winnie exists, um, it's pretty clear she has a thing for her. Like, she's, like, not stalking her, but, like, looking at her (laughs) from across the gym or whatever and, like, giving her a little wave, you know, without trying to draw too much attention to herself. So, yeah, seeds are there. But now Bernie... And Bernie keeps... For a, a school full of teenagers who seem to... It not like her how does she keep getting invited to all these parties she's always at the at the party does she just show up and invite herself she doesn't seem bold enough to do that but if everyone doesn't like her and calls her weirdo why do they keep inviting her over i don't know unless she's anyway the only thing i can think of is like maybe it's like an open door policy and it's just kind of like oh she's just there like you know that she's not going to rat out on you she's probably just gonna stand in the corner and play with the plant that's by the window and they just that she's just part of the furniture by that point so they, they don't see her as like an inconvenience she's just like an extra body that's there yeah it's probably not it, but they probably don't dislike her so much that they're like don't tell her we're having a party but they're also not actively oh you should come it's just like she's probably going to show up and we'll just ignore her like usual <laughs> like casual indifference to her maybe it's more what it is probably but it's, I just, 
I don't know, like the fact that her personality, nothing about her has is different in each universe. And I just found that quite I don't know, kind of sweet in a way that even with all the chaos that's going on, that she she's just herself. Yeah. And it winds up being sort of in the end, it's almost as if Winnie coming here wasn't even to teach herself a lesson that it's important to be born or to stop the killer this time or it seems like what it's putting forward is that she she's come here to save Winnie because in this universe and probably back in the original universe too Winnie was giving up or not Winnie I'm sorry Bernie Mm -hmm. Bernie was like Bernie's the one having the no one would care if I died and this is probably going to be my last Christmas because I'm just I can't deal with the way people treat me anymore, so I'm going to just check out. And having the opportunity in the alternate universe to be with Winnie the way she's always wanted to, and having Winnie see her and hear her um, turns her around, where she doesn't necessarily want to die anymore. And so it's kind of as if this was all to save Bernie more even than it is to save the town. Yeah, I mean, even like didn't Winnie and Bernie up towards the end actually go? Yeah, I think you were here to to that Winnie was there to save Bernie. That that was their conclusion as well, because that's when she admits that really. Oh yeah, I, if you hadn't turned up, I I would have gone. I would have just ended things because I just can't deal with the bullying and yeah, what's all the tragedies that are going on in in this place. And I thought they were setting up that there's going to be more than one. I mean, they kind of do. But in the original universe, I thought what they were setting up was that there was secretly two killers, not just the mayor, because he's doing some real teleport shit. Like, it's telegraphed in the first scream. You should be able to... You don't, but you should be able to figure out, oh, there must be two killers, because he was at the top of the stairs a second ago, and now he's right here. And the mayor's doing that all by himself in this at the beginning, where he's... He's chasing them way back here, and then suddenly he pops up over here. So I thought, oh, there must be two of them. No, it's just <laughs> they're just not paying attention to the geography, I guess. But I was just thinking, like, either he doesn't skip leg day when he goes to the gym, or he just, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's very much a make it make sense. Uh, either he can sprint like that's some sort of like, um, uh, Olympic athlete, or he literally just has the um, the ability to teleport. But that's, I mean, what do you want? That's a lot of slashers do that, so I'm not busted. But it just, I didn't. I'm not even knocking it as like, oh, that's a bad thing about the movie. It just because of the, I've seen enough of these movies, it made me start thinking there must be more than one killer when there wasn't, <laughs> you know, because I was trying to make sense of it. Yeah. But in the alternate universe, the killer shows up to take out Winnie and Bernie at her parents' house because she's finally gotten through to her aunt and made her believe what I'm saying is true. Like, I'm I'm your niece. They're my parents. I had a brother, you know, back in where I come from, I saved my brother and he's still alive. And she's convinced her aunt, you know, to at least play along with this and see, you know, 
and the killer shows up to kill them. They knock him out and they take the mask off and it's her dad because he, because they don't know that the mayor, it's still weird that he would, because he seemed like, is that inside of him somewhere back in the original world? Or has he just been so broken by the death of his only child and what's happened to the town that because he's doing this at the behest of the mayor. Sometimes the mayor goes out and kills people and sometimes he sends Winnie's dad to go do it for him. So, yeah, it does make you wonder, though, like, is that darkness in him back in the original world? Because you don't just decide to become a serial, like, a serial murderer. Maybe it was just, I don't know. just illustrates that all you need is, like, one push in the wrong direction and it just spirals and then you're capable of killing people. But so it's, yeah, it's Bernie and Winnie. They're the dynamic duo. They're going to lure. Because Winnie runs the movie theater, which is like the last place left in town. Yeah, Bernie's. Um, the mayor of the own. Sort of like, I don't, I just don't know who runs the theater. She said that she works there, but she doesn't say who owns it. Yeah, I wonder if maybe it's just like the family business, like if it's something that her now deceased grand or not was on her grandfather that's her huh yeah Hmm. i don't know might just be in the family but she seems to be well no she's not all alone because she says that she has like her mom's around but her mom is like constantly drunk or high and hooking up with guys and so she keeps her distance and hangs out at the theater so yeah i don't know hmm or maybe she was like a assistant manager there and then the manager got killed. So she just took it upon herself to take over and keep it going. Who knows? But no. But yeah, it's uh, the fact she says, right, this is like one of the uh, few places that the mayor hasn't bought out and has no interest in buying out. And Bernie's like, yeah, just come in, we'll sleep here because it's unlikely that they'll turn up in, in the theatre because they have no interest in this place. Yeah, they fall asleep and... Because in that universe, the Winnie's now ex-boyfriend and girl that he was hooking up with have actually been going out for like three years in this year. And they go there for like a date the next... Um, a little, like a few days later and they have like a date there and it's like, oh yeah, this is like a tradition thing. It's just, it's nice to have that cinema as like an actual an actual set piece for like, not only does it have history for the other characters, but it has something meaningful for not for Bernie and for Winnie uh, for this experience as well. Yeah. It reminded me, I mean, it's just a little chunk of the movie, but it reminded me of the last matinee. Have you seen no. that? It's sort of a modern it came out a couple of years ago. It might have even been a shutter exclusive. It was sort of a modern giallo and the entire thing is set inside a movie theater where there's a, there's a slasher going through the movie theater killing people sort of one by one. So it had a similar kind of vibe to that, but it's only, you know, in here it's only like a five minute scene, but yeah, she's forgiven in this universe. She's like, you know what? Cause she sees evidence that like, Oh, they actually are like in love and it probably sucked for them to sneak. Like he should have been a, a fucking man and broken up with me. You know, they should have told me what was going on, but like, they're not just like fucking around behind my back, but like they actually, are a good couple and they're like <laughs> you know in this universe where they didn't have to sneak around and stuff so like you guys are good you're, you're, you're cute you guys make a lot more sense than we ever made so 
you have, you know, whatever, you have my blessings. So she gets over that pretty fast. Uh, you know what? You can work cute together. Just you two are probably going to last quite a while. So enjoy yourselves. Enjoy being a couple together. They wind up getting killed when they lure, because they're luring her dad to the theater to trap him or stop him or whatever. Well, no, she says, like, I'm going to have to kill my dad. That's just how it is. But he's not, he's not my dad here. So I don't have to, like, to sort of assuage the guilt over that. But yes, yeah, so they lure him there, not knowing that, yeah, the boyfriend and the, the other girl, his girlfriend, just show up. Yeah, show up there for their annual movie date. And so they wind up getting killed by her dad. We got to get that body count mm-hmm. up. And then she winds up, she, yeah, she winds up killing her dad. And now it's time to go confront the mayor. And here's where the movie starts to lose. Yeah, I was a little bit like, okay, but let's see where this goes at <laughs> this bit. Because the thing with her dad was kind of a, an interesting twist. But then, yeah, they get, and I know we've had magical realism the whole way through, but this, that was like explained. They get to the town center where the mayor's at the Christmas trees handing out presents to all the nice citizens and punishing presumably naughty citizens. Like he's this weird little dictator and it's amazing that no one is like, no one from the outside world knows that this is going on or is, you know, but and he has some kind of mind control powers over them that is maybe coming from the Northern Lights because their eye, when he talks, their eyes are like glowing green. Yeah, I thought it's very strange. Yeah, I thought that was weird. Like, is he got some sort of like mind control thing going on through the speakers, or is it like I don't know? I it I didn't understand that part, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna try and. I'm not going to think too hard about how they're doing that bit, but okay. Yeah, it's not explained at all. It just suddenly he has mind control powers and it's very strange. But so that's where I'm like, all right, I I feel like they didn't know. They started with the title and then they worked out a bunch of the plot and they just could not crack the ending. And so they threw together, you know, whatever they could, because I feel like it's pretty solid up until then but yeah and he yeah he's up on stage he punishes it because his brother the uh sheriff is um he's disappointed that he hasn't caught winnie yet or no he was he put him for a transfer to another town and that's disappointing to him and his brother dies maybe my my favorite death in this movie for sure but one of my favorite deaths in movies, period. One of my favorite things, you don't see it a lot, but every once in a while, when someone gets stabbed up through the jaw and you can see the knife inside their mouth, like when they're like, ah, and you can see. Yeah, it's that, It's just that minor detail of showing the, the blade going upwards and through and it's like, oh, God. <laughs> so it's so brutal, but so cool. It's such a cool effect. Yeah, and I can only think of Four, four or five movies where it's I mean I guess I don't want it to happen too often then it will lose its magic but anytime I see it I'm like oh I'm the Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> meme I'm like pointing because I love it yeah and the girls show up and kind of just break his hold over the crowd and punch like punch him, punch him a bunch of times and 
How does he die? I don't even remember. Because the crowd sort of turns on him when they break the mind control, yeah. but they don't. I thought they were going to like tear him apart, but then they don't. He gets back up. He like escapes from that. That's what I thought as well. It was it was when they started crowding around that the audience started crowding around it. I thought that was going to turn into like thing and tear him apart. <laughs> I think it, well, Winnie, Winnie. I know it's Winnie that kills them, but I don't remember if she stabs them. She must just think so. Well, I can't can't picture it. I can't remember. Yeah, and I guess that's enough to fix. That was the goal was to kind of get, I mean, just kind of go with it. But how does killing him set things back? Because, I mean, killing him, she killed him in the original timeline or whatever. But I don't know why, why that's the mechanism to send her back rather than you've learned your lesson or you saved Bernie. Like the second she realized, well, I guess it's after, I guess it's after this that she realizes that like, Maybe it was Bernie I needed to save all along. Everyone would be better off if I was never born. Did you see that? Did the power go up? Oh my god. I stood under the aurora and said everyone would be better off if I never existed. Well, wish granted. But yeah, she goes back, wakes up in her own bed in her ugly pink lesbian tracksuit and runs downstairs and is super happy to see everybody. And they're like, this is weird. Why are you like this? You're usually last night. You were such you were so unhappy about everything. But and it's the yeah, I mean, it's riffing on George Bailey at the end of It's a Wonderful Life running down the street. Happy to see everything that, you know, maybe he didn't even like before, but now it's has new joy and meaning to it. When the family's celebrating Christmas, turns out they did they did get her a new camera because her camera broke. So it wasn't just the tracksuit, they got her an expensive camera. Still not a new truck, not for nothing, but <laughs> and her brother is so nice. When when he saw back at the beginning when they're like, We got you a new truck, yeah, and he's like so happy about it. And she comes out and obviously is pissed off that <laughs> he got a new truck. He's so sweet. He's like, oh, no, no, I'm like, it's ours. Like, you can drive it whenever you want. He's like trying to, like, <laughs> make her feel better. So that was nice to see. I thought the yeah, explanation as to why she was not passed out on her bed when she wakes up. Her aunts, her aunts like, gave her the um, that whiskey the night before and said, here, have some of this. Uh, drown your sorrows with, with us <laughs> on the sofa. And then she wakes up the next day and they were like, yeah, you got wasted last night and you passed out. <laughs> yeah, which is also kind of a little because she didn't make her wish in her bed. Like she made her wish standing on like the docks or something, looking at the Northern Lights, and then just appears in her bed. Like, and then when she comes back, she's in her bed, not at the dock. Anyway, you know what I mean? Whatever. It's little details. Yeah, okay. that don't think about it too hard. But, um, yeah, but family, you know, family Christmas is going fine. She's like, oh, shit, Bernie, and gets up and runs, still wearing the tracksuit, and runs, runs, runs. She runs into um, her boyfriend and the girl that he was cheating on, like, and catches them, like, they're while, like, walking, holding hands, and they're like, ooh, they let like, go of each other's hand when she runs up. And she's like, no, it's fine. This makes so much sense now. Like, have at it, <laughs> you know. Her Christmas gift to them. They don't have to sneak around anymore. And then, uh, yeah, and then runs to Bernie's. And for some reason, Bernie 
remembers everything that happened in the alternate universe so that they don't i mean it's a writing shortcuts so they don't have to redo their entire sort of courtship as it were she just magically remembers that oh yeah we're into each other and they kiss and it's it's very it's nonsense but it's very sweet nonsense. maybe it's because (laughs) she was so similar in both universes and the fact that really the reason why when he was transported was to save bernie so that was kind of like her magical christmas wish come true or something yeah i'm 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 fine with it maybe she's a like what is in doctor who she's a fixed point in time she cannot (laughs) she cannot be Hmm. altered maybe that's not yeah not a bad explanation that Hmm. yeah that's that's and that's the end it's a yeah pretty sweet pretty fun you know probably not but it actually it also has some like decent deaths like the one guy the first kill the guy gets the candy cane through the back yeah. of his head that comes out of his mouth <sighs> when he's kissing that girl so yeah so it's still i mean it still is a slash i mean it's not the gnarliest slasher you're ever going to see it's not but it's yeah i don't know i i had fun yeah i definitely see it as a more of a fun film rather than a a gore film that I'd much rather watch it and have a laugh while watching it and having like um to me it's more um like fun entertainment rather than scary entertainment. Yeah, I watched I mean, preparing for our Christmas horror episode, I watched a bunch of Christmas horror movies and this was one of one of the better ones I watched, I think. I definitely had a good time. I definitely enjoyed it more than Christmas Bloody Christmas or the Black Christmas remake, or yeah, there's it's towards the top of the eight or nine movies I watched. So, would, would recommend. Yeah, I would as well. Uh, if you want to have a, a laugh and you want to see some interesting, see, yeah, like a really cool costume, deaths that are memorable, and you want to have a laugh, then yeah, this is definitely a Christmas horror film for you. And Justin Long just knowing exactly what movie he's in and giving it 150%. I love that. And if just to watch uh, Catherine Isabel. Her too? Yeah. Fantastic, yes. As soon as she came on screen, I was like, Stitcher! <laughs> yeah, I'd give it, what do you, or do you do, I suppose, you, do you still do coffees or not? I'd give it three out of five coffees, but maybe you don't do that anymore, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we could still do that. I'll give it three out of five as well. Okay. Yeah. Slightly above average. I guess is what that comes up. Maybe three and a half. I don't know. I, I did I did really enjoy it despite its yeah, some of its logic, but Yeah. I mean glad it came out on a streaming service. Would I have paid full price to see it in the cinema? Probably not. But I'm glad it's on Shudder. <laughs> yeah, Shudder exclusives are always you're always like, Oh, I don't know how this is gonna but I think a lot of them are really good. I mean, there's some stinkers in there, but yeah, if you're a, if you're a horror person, you don't have Shutter. You get get on it because there's there's a lot of good stuff on there. Yeah, and it's uh, I do recommend buying the year's subscription, not paying month by month because it actually works out a little bit cheaper if you get it for the whole year. Yeah, and you can watch it through if you already have Amazon Prime. You can watch it as like a channel in Amazon Prime rather than having to get the Shutter app. Like if your smart TV doesn't have Shutter as an option, then you can just watch mm. it through Amazon, which is pretty convenient. Yeah, because you can get it uh, as an app so. on 
like your phone, laptop, on, what was it, the uh, Xbox smart TV. But for some reason, you can't get it on PlayStation as an app. No, I have it on... Well, I had it. I used to have a Roku Roku stick, and it was on there. And it's actually Ooh. on the smart TV I have now, the Sony that I have. It's on there. But if you don't have access to that, you can you watch it through Prime, like you would like you'd watch Prime anywhere. This episode brought to you by Shutter. You should get paid for this. Oh, I'd love to be sponsored by Shutter because there's some good films on there. I make way through them at the moment. I'm like, yes, it's good to find some, find some good ones because I've seen some. But like you, like Keith said, in the uh, Christmas special episode, that uh, I've seen, I've seen some interesting ones and probably that are kind of like, ugh. <laughs> yeah, there's times in the year that I almost like forget that I have it, which is a shame. I'm still paying for it, but but yeah, October especially when I do, because every October I do a October spectacular on Twitter where I watch a horror movie every day in October and write about it, and that's when Shutter really comes through for me because that's. I have to find 31 movies I haven't seen before. <laughs> and that's so uh, having Shudder as a resource is good. Anyway, Shudder. I wish Shudder had like a um, search by release year. Because I know it's got alphabetical order. It's got um, time of release. But it hasn't got like a, like what year you can select like a year or anything like that. Which I think is a bit of a sh- Hmm. Yeah. I didn't even thought of that. Do other streaming services have a search like usually it's like by decade a lot of the time okay but yeah yeah definitely oh. recommend uh it's a wonderful knife as a entertaining watch as art so yeah where can our lovely listeners find you oh uh, yeah the show is that's the random a random movie podcast you can find i don't remember the episode number but if you want to hear faith on it it was the episode on george a romero's dead time stories volume two. Oh god it's been that long already <laughs> The episode 130-something. The high 130s. But yeah, my movies, every episode, are chosen completely at random, so I don't get a say. But lots and lots of horror movies, just based on, in large part, due because due to because there's 60,000 horror movies on, on Tubi alone, which helps a lot like this. We just kind of break down the movie, talk about it, I guess on. Sometimes it's really funny. <laughs> Probably not all the time, but sometimes comes out every three weeks or so. And then uh, so on Twitter, I am at Lambert 78 The show is at That's So Random P2. And then the show is some form or other of That's So Random, That's So Random Pod, or That's So Random Podcast on Slasher and TikTok. Mm-hmm. I think that's it. And uh, yeah, I'll be quite happy to go on your show again, because that was, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, as soon as I have one that's... I have these strings where I do like five, six horror movies in a row. And then I'll have like four episodes in a row where it's like a Lifetime movie and a Disney Channel. Like my last two were a Disney Channel original movie and then a Lifetime original movie. And then my next one that I haven't recorded yet is a eight, like 1984 TV movie about a robot boy starring Alf's dad. Not Alf's dad, but the dad from Alf. So yeah, I get a, a wild variety of stuff. Most of which no one's ever heard of, which is plus and a minus. On one hand, it's cool because I promise you no one's ever done a podcast episode on most of the movies I've done. But, you know, if I was doing bigger, more popular stuff, would I have more listeners? Probably. But that's all right. I like I like talking about stuff that no one else is talking about. It's like people know that these films exist. 
there's been a lot of ones I didn't know existed until until I watched them. And every once in a while, it'll be a jam where you're like, I've never heard of this, but I just watched it. And it's really good. And I hope more people hear about this. So let's spread the word. And a lot of times it's, oh, there's a reason I've never heard of it because it's just junk. But fun to talk about junk sometimes. So yeah, I'd love to have you on the show again at some point. Anytime you like. I hope everyone enjoyed that episode as much as me and my guest. You can like, share, subscribe. You can also leave us a comment, join the our Patreon. You can always send us suggestions for episodes or franchises. If you're interested, our Patreon is £3 a month. You get extra episodes, seasonal ones and franchise ones as well. So I hope everyone enjoyed themselves and we'll see you in the next one.